listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Shalom. This is Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and I want to welcome you to this week's SLA Insights. I'm continuing our discussion about language proficiency, what it means to be good at a language and how we get there. So today I'm looking at some specific form-focused instruction options for helping students develop explicit language knowledge. Now, purists may say, oh, we only need implicit knowledge, but I would argue that that explicit knowledge is important, um, maybe not as much as important as we made it to be in biblical studies, but it is important. Uh, it does contribute to language proficiency. But the other reason for doing form-focused instruction is because at the point of this recording, almost all of our language resources for biblical studies deal with meta-language. They use the explicit language knowledge to identify, describe, and work with the biblical languages. We're talking lexicons, we're talking theological dictionaries, we're talking commentaries. They all deal with explicit language knowledge and presenting the material that they have. And so if we and our students are going to access those at this point in time, we need to know that jargon. Um, hopefully there will come a time when we don't, when we will move beyond that, we'll be able to be using lang- uh, resources in the language and um, single language dictionaries and so on. But for where we are right now, implicit language knowledge is is going to be an important piece. So today I want to look at some, some specific examples of form-focused instruction in which grammatical accuracy is the primary goal. To be contrasted with meaning-focused instruction, which we covered earlier, where meaning and communication is the primary goal. And so I'm going to focus on these, but keep in mind that form-focused instruction is not at the exclusion of meaning. And so I want to present some ideas here that will help you incorporate both meaning and grammatical accuracy to help bridge the gap, as it were, to bring both implicit and explicit knowledge together. So I'm going to start with the traditional, what almost all of us are familiar with, uh, the grammar lecture which is a form of direct consciousness-raising form-focused instruction. And again, form-focused instruction is looking at grammatical accuracy, trying to get the students to know the grammar, and it's at the expense at times of meaning. So for um, direct consciousness-raising, you're just going to say, okay, little mini lecture here. Here is the whatever your new form is, the present active participle. This is the form. These are the endings. This is how you conjugate it. This is the paradigm. And then going on, this is how it functions. It's ongoing action. It's adjective. It's whatever, however that form functions. And so you're delivering that directly. However, you can also use indirect consciousness raising, and you can do it at times entirely in the language, which means you've got Uh, both meaning and form and focus. So one example is to give examples of the form and ask the students to identify the pattern 
of the form and or the function of the verb as it's being used. A very simple and very early example is where you can take uh, pictures, perhaps you can project them on your screen, and start with pictures that are determining masculine and feminine. And that's the goal here in this particular activity is identifying masculine and feminine nouns. So start with the picture of um, a woman with the word for woman, and then a picture of the man with the word for man. And in Hebrew, it's really easy. You have ish for man, isha for woman. And if you can emphasize with voice inflection that ah at the end, um, you're going to start getting their raising their consciousness of this form. So as you go, you can ask the students, is, is this masculine or feminine? And you're going to start with forms or words that clearly have a masculine or feminine reference. So king, queen, boy, girl, things that are clearly masculine or feminine normally. Um, and you can ask the students, okay, man, ish, is this masculine or feminine? And if you want a bonus and keep it in the language, you can use zeher or nekiva and use that to help them categorize masculine, feminine, and start putting them in these categories. And as you go, keep emphasizing that ah, again for Hebrew, the ending that demonstrates that it's feminine. And so without stating the pattern explicitly, you can keep meaning and focus, keep them learning vocabulary as you're going, and help them learn the masculine feminine nouns, the difference between the two. Now, it may take a brief step out of the language for a minute to say, did you notice the pattern? Can you follow it? Um, are you getting the hang of it? Then start introducing words that don't have a clear masculine or feminine uh, referent, for example, adama, which is ground. In English, we have no sense whether that's masculine or feminine, but it has the ah ending, so we can say, oh, and see, this is also a feminine noun. And so again, they're not just learning the grammar, masculine, feminine, they're also learning vocabulary, they're getting comprehensible input with some modified interaction with them, which is some of the basis for meaning-based instruction. Then, so those are consciousness raising type activities. There are also language processing types of form focused instruction that get the students using the language, practicing the language with a focus on whatever your target structure is. So, an example of an input based activity with a focus on recognition is where you could present a verb conjugated in the target form, whatever it is, say present active indicative and then provide several photos. Ask the students to identify the photo that best represents the verb. Now, there's no way of knowing tense from a picture, but it gets them using that form, recognizing the form, and recognizing its association with the particular action, whatever it is. And you can do it all in the language uh, rather than using uh, English. This Activity can be reversed, and we'll talk about that a little later. If we go a little deeper into a more of a comprehension-based activity, you can provide a short reading to the students where the target form occurs and occurs frequently, and you might need to modify your text a little bit to make that happen, um, and ask students some comprehension questions about the reading that require the students to understand 
that form in order to complete the activity. So your questions are going to be centered around, so for example, um, if you're doing active uh, present participle, um, you might be looking at things like, what is he doing? Why is he doing what he's doing? So they're getting the, the form in the question, but they're also likely going to answer with a participle to get the right question. Now, an out-based activity, you might do a matching activity, and this reverses the earlier activity with the photos. So you present photos now that depict the verbs, um, make sure they're verbs your students know, ask the student, what is this person doing? Again, if you're going to do like present active indicative, or if you're going to do perfect or imperfect, what did this person do yesterday? Um, and so you can change it up and give context by the way you ask the question. Is this picture depicting something now? Is it in the past, in the future? As an optional aid, you can give the students a list of verb roots and or make the activity multiple choice or give them the conjugated verbs to choose from so that they can start working with that form and using it in a meaningful context to help them learn, use, identify it. We're working towards grammatical accuracy, but they're getting meaning in the, in the process. And again, this could be something done on the screen, but you might want to create a handout where you've got the pictures and then some multiple choice underneath that they do in class, on their own, in groups, that kind of a thing. Uh, another output-based activity is what's known as a CLOSE activity, C-L-O-Z-E, a CLOSE activity where you provide a short text or reading and you leave some blanks um, and you ask the students to fill in the blank with the correct form of the verb. And you may or may not give them the root right there at the place. You may give them a vocabulary list off to the side. Um, there are different ways of doing it. But the idea is the students fill in the blank with the correct form of the verb. <clears throat> so those are some of the proactive form-focused instruction. We've got some consciousness-raising activities where you get them to learn the form, and then some language processing activities where they use the form to, to complete the activity. It's not an introduction, but they're in a meaningful context. They're making use of that form. Now I want to shift gears to finish out here and look at some reactive form-focused instruction, and these require you to think on your feet. Um, they're not something you really can prepare in advance, but with some practice, you'll get better at them. So the reactive form-focused instruction is, again, working on grammatical accuracy, that's the focus, but you're responding to some inaccurate utterance that your student has made, either in writing or in speaking. And again, this is actual output in the language. This is not just correcting their translation practice. This is, they're interacting with you in the language. You've said something, they said something back to you in the target language, but they've said it wrong. How do you do that? How do you fix it, correct it in a way that's going to promote grammatical accuracy? Again, you have several options and the most the quickest and the default for most of us is just to stop, use the meta language, say, no, you did it wrong. You need to use a 
participle instead, or you need to use, you, you meant to use a third person form, but this is, you need a second person form, um, whatever it is. So a very direct, um, this is how you fix it. But there are other ways of doing it that keep you in the language, in the flow of the language, and get your student to think in a meaning-based way, how can I fix this? How do I correct it? So for example, you've got a student who's responding to your question, like, what did you do, do last night? And they say, we played games last night, not study. Well, you've got a few options here. One is I just said is direct. You can just say, no, you, you should use the past tense there. We played games last night. Or you could use a recast, keep it in the language and say, oh, you played games last night and didn't study? And that gives, clues them in to the fact that maybe they didn't say it quite right. You've given them the correct way of saying it. And now they can store it, process, and go, oh, okay, I think I got it now. Another might be request for clarification. Say, uh, please tell me again, what did you do last night? I'm not sure I understood. And again, in the language, you're doing this to help them rethink, stop, slow down. Uh, we, oh, I, we played games last night. And so again, the focus is on grammatical accuracy, but it's in the context of meaningful communication exchanges. So these are just a few ideas for inserting form-focused instruction into your teaching in a way that preserves meaning and helps keep you in the language, keep meaning in focus, and um, helps your students learn not just grammatical accuracy and explicit language knowledge, but hopefully is starting to contribute to some of that implicit language knowledge that really is at the heart and the core of language proficiency. So this has been your SLA Insight for today. I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good week. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.